Welcome to Episode 8 of HokoCast, your local podcast sponsored by the Howard County Library System. We are Abby, Baz, Emerson, Olivia, and Ronan, bringing you local Howard County happenings, from good reads to pet breeds. Alright, dogs are cute, so are cats, but come on, let's learn about hedgehogs. Today, we talk with a local expert, Jen Smith, who will share her insights on this unique and interesting pet. Jennifer Smith has been involved with hedgehog rescue in her spare time since 2010. She's had at least 15 hedgehogs in her care since that time, and has worked with exotic veterinarians and pet physical therapists to help advance the knowledge of pet hedgehogs here in Maryland. She is currently the proud owner of one hedgehog, Stabby. Hello, and thank you for joining us. Hello, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, of course. We have to learn about hedgehogs, the greatest right. animal. <laughs> so our first question for you. Mm-hmm. Hedgehogs are known for their spikes. So how do you handle one without hurting yourself or them, most importantly? That's a great question. Uh, so we call hedgehog spikes, we call them quills. Oh, okay. um, and different animals do have like porcupines. Um, they'll have different kind of quills and spikes. So what's interesting is that below the skin of a hedgehog, they have a muscle, kind of like how our hands, you know, like when you make a fist, when a hedgehog really gets upset, they'll pull in their muscles uh, and that holds on to their quills. So they will, that makes the, the quills much more like stabby, kind of, you know, hurtful. So depending on how upset a hedgehog is, that is how, how sharp the quills are. So uh, with that, just like it is with your hands, um, it goes, they, they go a certain way. They'll go, they kind of go, I say with the grain. So go, the quills go facing from head down to the tail. Um, so I try and figure out, okay, which way is the head facing? And then I can go with the grain, so to speak. So that way the quills will go down a little bit. Unfortunately, hedgehogs, they can be pretty chill. I know Stabby is, uh, has gotten much, much calmer. So his quills, they tend to be down a lot of the time. Um, so it's a lot easier to pick them up that way. And it just feels like, uh, like pine needles or like a brush kind of, it is nice. kind of rough, but it's not, it's, it's not like tiny knives. So. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. You know, I kind of wish I had those, uh, those quills then. That would be pretty cool. That's Yeah, exactly. Just be like, just get away from me, you know, and exactly. then you put the quills up and then it's a visual that, please, leave me alone. So, <laughs> right. And if they don't leave you alone, then you've got weaponry. So, oh, no. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so continuing on the topic of hedgehog, you know, enjoyment and welfare, what supplies are needed to keep a hedgehog happy and healthy? Oh, so that's a good question. So hedgehogs, what I've got here is my setup is that of, it's like a rabbit cage kind of thing, um, or like a guinea pig cage. Mine is a little excessive by hedgehog owner standards because it's very big. Uh, Only the best for my babies, I say. No, I'm kidding. So what I have is, so there's the cage. And then uh, some hedgehog owners, they'll use like pine shavings or like cedar shavings, um, different kinds of shavings. I'm not sure some, some tree shavings are better than others, but uh, I myself use like a fleece. So like a polar fleece kind of feeling. So a blanket. I use those on the bottom because they're absorbent for hedgehog accidents or hedgehog on purposes, as we like to say. And uh, they're easy to clean. You can just shake it off, 
any grossness into the trash and then just throw them in the laundry. And also it's soft. So I don't have to worry about anything hurting the hedgehogs. Um, they also have like a wheel, like a solid wheel that they use to run on. They're very big into running. They just want to run, run, run. Um, and that's at night. They are nocturnal. So, uh, and they also do, they're desert animals typically from, from way back when. So they prefer to have some sort of heat. I use heating pads and like for the ones who really tend to get chilly, I'll use like a heat lamp. Um, so that way it's a little bit warmer for them. So they don't try and hibernate. Hibernation for pet hedgehogs is bad. Okay. Uh, just because they, for a wild hedgehog, they'll eat meat, meat and get really fat. And then just like any other hibernating animal, they'll want to go to sleep and then during the winter, and then that fat gets burned away as they hibernate. But pet hedgehogs don't have that fat reserve for them to be able to hibernate during a cold spell. So we got to keep them warm, even though Stabby is a little chubby, but we, we love him. So, <laughs> so a good question. Yeah. So I would say wheel, uh, oh, something to hide in like a little sleeping bag, sleeping sack, uh, some fleece for the bottom of the cage, um, heat source food. Uh, I feed the hedgehogs a blend of cat food, something high in protein, low in fat. In the wild, they'll actually eat insects, um, but I can't, I just can't get enough insects to, to feed the hedgehogs enough. It would be a lot of hedgehogs. It, I mean, a lot of insects for the hedgehogs and I just, I don't like insects that much. So <laughs> So what are the pros and cons of having a pet hedgehog? Have you ever been harmed by it? Are they really comforting? So the pros and cons is a really good question is that sometimes, okay, so it's not their fault. Um, just like a cat or a dog, I'll say, is that sometimes they might bite, but usually it's from fear or from, you know, pain. Uh, and they don't, it's, it's very rare that they'll bite. And it doesn't, when I say a hedgehog will bite, it tends to be, it's, it doesn't, it's not like a piercing pain. It doesn't break through the skin. It's kind of like a nutcracker, like pressure. So, uh, so that's happened a couple, you know, like a few times. Um, another thing is that because they do have quills, they will shed those quills from time to time, not in great, kind of like how you and I will lose like a hair here and there. They use, they'll lose a quill here and there and inevitably it gets stuck in the carpet and you will find it with your bare feet. <laughs> so that oh, is, yeah, exactly. That's, that's not a, you know, it's, it's always going to be the one time you're barefoot on the carpet, but, uh, but those are some of the, the painful or the bad things about a hedgehog. Um, the good things they are very, I find them very comforting. I did take uh, my hedgehog stabby with me to work the other day and he did get like in our workroom, people were like just at a meeting, like a virtual meeting like this. And one of them would just hold the hedgehog and just be like, this is very comforting. You know, this meeting was very boring and, and I didn't want to be in it, but now I'm okay with it because I've got my emotional support hedgehog. No. Um, exactly. So, um, so they are very comforting. It's, it's a little warm creature that just wants to cuddle and go to sleep on you. Um, and I do say that, yeah, they're, they're great for couch potatoes just sitting, um, watching TV, they'll just curl up and go to sleep on you. Or, you know, for the more active ones, they might run around on the couch and they're fun to watch. So yeah, they're, I, I find them really good. I'm not an active person. So uh, I would say for the, uh, for the people who just want to hang out and watch TV, watch some Netflix, but, but still want a critter, I would say they're great. They're great animals for that. So they're very peaceful little animals, I think.
Okay, so you are obviously, you know, you rescue hedgehogs, right? So what exactly um, does rescuing hedgehogs entail? So I work with a group called the Hedgehog Welfare Society, which everyone gets surprised about when I tell them about that, that there's a welfare society for hedgehogs. Um, but yeah, just like cats or dogs, probably sadly all sorts of animals need to be rescued. Uh, and with the uh, emergence of the internet, you know, lots of cute pictures of hedgehogs, people look at hedgehogs and think, you know, oh, I want one of those. They're so cute. And they do, they end up adopting one or, or getting one from a breeder. So, um, which, which can be great, you know, for the right family. But some people, um, we get a number of families who the kids want a dog, but the, the parents are saying like, ah, well, if you can take care of a hedgehog, we'll get you a puppy. But nobody's mm. happy because it's not the same thing. Yeah, um, that... That's yeah, that is does not a dog. Um, no. So um, it's a little smaller, a little spikier. Um, so uh, so that's where we come in is that, you know, usually the mom will come contact us and say, okay, the kids aren't taking care of the hedgehog. No one's cuddling them. No one's taking care of this pet. Can we rehome the pet, this hedgehog? And, and I'll say, definitely, yeah, let's, let's do this. So um so that's what we'll do is, and then we'll find the people who are really like the super passionate hedgehog nerds, much like myself, mm -hmm. they want to get one. And then we can say, okay, we've got this one-year-old hedgehog coming in, this little boy, can you take this hedgehog? And, and they'll say, yes, definitely. So fortunately, it's, it's not often that we get a lot of people or we'll get some teenagers who are going off to college. You can't take the, the hedgehog mm, with you to your dorm. Right. So we, we try and find a good home for those pets. Those are the two biggest ones I would say is families who are expecting another sort of pet and ah. also people moving and not able to take mm. their pet with them. So that's where we come in. We, we just, no judgment. We'll take the hedgehog, we'll find it a good home and then reach out to the people who are really passionate about them. Yeah. Well, it's great that you can provide those services and give the hedgehogs a truly loving and wonderful home for them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, hopefully it's always a win-win situation, you know, like, so we help course, out the family course. and then somebody gets a hedgehog. So. Yep. All right. That's great. Switching gears a little. Can you describe what is known, I believe, as self-anointing in hedgehogs and, you know, if there's any differences in like wild hedgehogs versus domesticated hedgehogs with it? Sure. Okay. Um, so wild hedgehogs, we like to say are kind of, I'll do that one first and then come back. The wild hedgehog, they tend to be more like a cousin to the pet hedgehog. I do know that there are people over in England or Germany and they'll say something like, oh, I had a hedgehog in my backyard. And uh, I'll say, oh, that's great. You know, those are great ones, but you can't keep them as a pet. Kind of like a raccoon for us or a groundhog for us. It's, it's a bad idea to keep them. They're wild animals. So these guys came over from Africa um, back in like the 1980s and there was enough of them that they they bred and populated and stuff so that way we were able to keep them as pets here but you cannot release these little guys into the wilds or they would die unfortunately so please do not release your pet off into the wild here um, but along with that let's go back to the question of uh, self-anointing that's very funny I have a joke that I like to tell with this that so my friend I have a friend Veronica she's absolutely in love with hedgehogs and so I often try and bring my hedgehog with her and she did see so anointing is where hedgehogs will get like a certain smell like there's something very strong like leather or like if you're wearing a flowery lotion they'll want to like lick 
that and and get it into their mouth and they'll they'll foam up and get that smell and you know foam up at the mouth and then they'll turn around it's almost like the exorcist they'll turn almost completely around and spit on their own back and and it's very weird looking people some people think that when they first see that that it's you know like something is wrong they're broken they're not broken. That's really weird that is very weird so <laughs> So, uh, so they'll just spit on their back. And my friend Veronica saw him do this when she was holding him. She said, what's going on? What's, why is he doing this? And I say, well, hedgehogs in the wild, they, they're prey animals. So they'll get hunted by something. I know in England, badgers are, you know, will eat hedgehogs. Boo, badgers. The, uh, so what they'll try and do is like, let's say there's a flower field. Flowers, flowers, hedgehog flowers. And uh, so a hedgehog will want to, you know, blend in smell wise. So they'll, they'll eat some of those flowers, spit on their back. Now it's just like flowers, 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 flowers. So uh, my, my friend, Veronica, I'll tell her, I'm like, you know, if there was a predator around here, he would just be like, ah, oh, there's nobody here, but us Veronica's, you know, no hedgehogs here. So like the old joke, nobody here, but us chickens. Yeah, so that's it. They're trying to blend in smell wise with their surroundings. Um, is my best guess. So we don't know 100% for sure why they do it, but that's that's our best guess is that's what anointing is. It's weird. It's strange to see them do it, but we think that's why. Just a prey response. Nice. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, pretty smart too. Right? Yeah, Same yeah. camouflage. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I know you touched a little bit on this before, but why is raising awareness about hedgehogs so important to you? And what's something that everyone should know about hedgehogs who most people just have no idea about? So that's a great question. So something I've seen is with the emergence of the internet, a beautiful, wonderful thing, is that people will see a cute pet, they'll see a, a meme go by with a hedgehog and be like, I want cute animal of the week here, the hedgehog. But they don't realize like what goes into hedgehog care. They may not realize that they're nocturnal creatures. So I try and do uh, programs where I'll have like a meet and greet with the hedgehog. So that way if somebody is like, oh, you know, that's such a cool little critter. I can say, okay, well, this is everything, the good and the bad that goes in with a hedgehog. Um, Cause there is just like every other pet, there's good, there's bad. I know that some people get really disappointed that their critter isn't you know, running to greet them as they come home because you probably come home in the day, you know. They're, that's they're how I feel about my cat. That's Yeah, exactly. That's right. They can be a bit <laughs> cat-like that they aren't going to run up and find you. They also don't respond to their name. Um, they're not like dogs where they can like fetch something for you. So, uh, so yeah, they're, they're not like other pets in that respect, um, but they are adorable. They do take great pictures. Um, I know for some reason in Japan, I think because in Japan, there isn't a lot of space for like a larger dog or something. So they will get a small critter like a hedgehog. Um, and the, the, I like to joke that Japanese hedgehogs are the cutest, sweetest, most well-mannered hedgehogs on this planet, just because they're handled constantly. They're very, very well loved. I swear they have a huge closet of costumes and outfits and i'm like what are you it's doing amazing. so it is yeah exactly definitely look up some some japanese uh instagram accounts of hedgehogs they're amazing it's beautiful so uh so yeah i just want people to be aware of that yes this is a very adorable sweet little critter but they may not be for you 
you know, that they're not going to be like a cat or a dog. So, yeah, that is, that is important to know, Mm -hmm. especially when we want hedgehogs to all find their loving home. And um, I'll definitely be waiting on that hedgehog anime then. Yes. (laughs) With hedgehogs in Japan. That's right. Oh my gosh. I've got names if you want them. (laughs) I will take them. Definitely. Okay. Yes, definitely. So, uh, oh yeah. Azumi, there's hedgehog Azumi. There's that's a big one. Um, oh, yes. oh yeah. There's, I, I can't off the top of my head now. I can't think of them. So, <laughs> so kind of going off of like um, that sort of humorous end there with a hedgehog anime. Do you have any funny hedgehog anecdotes or success stories to share? Oh yeah. So it's always nice to, to rehome a hedgehog, um, get them uh, a loving home and stuff. Um, I know that hedgehogs are each one. What I love is that they have their own personality. So uh, like some of them have been really outgoing. Like I, I used to have a hedgehog named Beyonce. I did oh not my name goodness. Her. Exactly. That was not, I didn't name her, but I kept it because it was fantastic. And they described <laughs> her perfectly that she was, but, uh, but she was quite the little diva, you know, that she could be cuteness and sweetness. But if you did something wrong, if I was late with her kibble, she would throw a tantrum. She would flip her food bowl. She would run around in the corner and stare oh. at me. You know, like oh it became, God. yeah, oh she, goodness. she was so much communication in such a tiny package. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, um, it was fantastic. But, it, you know, um, and other hedgehogs I've had, like I had one girl who never wanted to sit still. Uh, I tried to clean her cage. And so I put her on the couch just to be like, all right, you hang out there. And all of a sudden I look down and she's with me standing next to me by her cage. And I'm like, how did you get here? How did you, it was like a mission impossible where she jumped off the couch, ran across the room and was like, so what are we doing here? We're cleaning? Cool. Like three times I did that where I put her on the couch, came back. There she is. Hello. (laughs) Like a cartoon. That's exactly. Yeah. It was very cartoon like, um, so uh, so yeah they will they will surprise you with their little personalities like i've never had another hedgehog who did that who jumped off the couch and wanted to join me i've never had another <laughs> hedgehog who was flipping their food bowl stomping <laughs> in the corner um you know things like that so each one comes with their own little quirks and funny little stories yeah evidently so yes yeah so. all right so um closing the funny topic i have a very serious question for you Okay. Um, are hedgehogs really as fast as people think they are? They, so that's a good question. They are not like Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, they are, don't, first of all, do never ever dye your hedgehog blue. Um, that is something that people have done. It, what? It does not end well. Yeah. Oh, no. So, cause they're trying it, they'll get a white hedgehog. We have albino hedgehogs or white hedgehogs and they will try and you know, dye the hedgehog blue. It's no, don't do that. This has been your friendly PSA. Uh, so yeah, they're not speedy like like Sonic. Also, Hed- Sonic is the number one hedgehog name for hedgehogs. So I suggest before you go with Sonic, think of any other name before that. Uh, so Stabby's, yeah, that's yeah, just adorable. Exact, just go anywhere. Just be like water bottle. That's my hedgehog. So, no. <laughs> I'm just looking around my desk and just trying to think. Of. You know what? Very just abstract. for that, if I ever get a hedgehog, I'm going to name it water bottle. There you go. I do know somebody who named their hedgehog lunchbox. So. Oh my goodness. That's right. That. Yes. Just go with it. That's so, just great. Exactly. So yeah. Um, so, but they are surprisingly fast. I like to say that hedgehogs have toddler speed, 
which is that if you're with a toddler, that toddler, you know, is not going to go very fast. But if you turn around and then turn back around to look at that toddler, they're on the other side of the room and getting into something they shouldn't be. So <laughs> that's a hedgehog. Um, and then actually, so fun fact, hedgehogs run on their wheels an average of about three miles a night. So I can't run three miles, but, and they, they have like little toothpick legs, little French fry legs. So that's a lot. So in a way, yes, they can be fast for a hedgehog, for this tiny little loaf of bread that I have so here. so cute. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And so for our last question, going back to the topic of names, once again, very serious question. Mm-hmm. Why is your hedgehog named Stabby? <laughs> it's a great question. So long ago, I had a friend who was trying to help me come up with hedgehog names because I've had a number of hedgehogs through the years. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, they were saying like, yeah, just go for the obvious, like knives or stabby or something. And I was like, those are silly names. No, I would never do that to my hedgehog. But a couple of years ago, the Anne Arundel County Humane or the um, animal control called us up and just said, we have a hedgehog here in our animal control. Can you come get it? And on my lunch break, I went and picked him up picked up this little guy and he was an angry little ball a little scared a little guy yeah. constant just quills 100% up so he was very stabby and I was actually planning on rehoming him I was going to get him give somebody else this this little critter and, uh, and it was going to be great so but I couldn't I first had to get him to calm down right. but uh which basically just involves a lot of just gentle cuddling no I'm not going to hurt you I'm not gonna abuse you in any way and then you gain their trust so yeah that's what I did and then after a while you get a little bit too you know like oh it's my baby it's my um it's my cutie and then after that some people did come to me and be like oh did you want to rehome that and I was like I don't I didn't really want to so I kept him but the name was just an offhand jokey kind of throwaway kind of name that kept you're not gonna keep the this hedgehog and then a couple years later nice that's right exactly so he's a good little critter um but the name the name stuck his full name at the time that i named him was stabby mcmurder britches because he was just no get away from me he uh so, uh, but now you can see he's just Mr. Cuddles and everything cute, but I can't, I can't rename him. So, or at least I can't think of another name. So, um, so yeah, that's why I call him Stabby. It's the first time, like I, I tend to go towards like Japanese names. Like I had one hedgehog named Tomo, which means friend. Somebody told me means friend in Japanese. Uh, Yuzu, little fruit hedgehog had that one. Um, so yeah, I, I, th- I tend to go with like cutesy little names, not, you know, rude, <laughs> names, <laughs> cruel names. So, uh, so yeah, but it, it, it stuck at the time. Ah, get it. It's stuck. Stabby. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Yeah. That's me. But I'm uh, so yeah. <laughs> so in the future, I don't think I would name a hedgehog something like this, but it just stuck. All right. Well, thank you for talking to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a really fun interview to do. Fun to learn about hedgehogs as always. That's yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I do love, I'm always one for 
talking constantly about hedgehogs and talking anybody who will listen i'll talk to them so <laughs> thank you so much for having me guys i really appreciate this this has been great yeah All thanks right. for coming on thank you Ever wondered why dogs are so heckin' happy all the time? Me too. So let's agree to stop barking up the wrong tree and get some answers, starting with pack structure. As we know, dogs descended from the mighty wolves, and though chihuahuas might not look anything like wolves, that spirit lives on, just condensed. Wolves and dogs are very social animals. Researchers know that wild wolves will care for incapacitated pack mates and collaborate to solve problems. Likewise, dogs are not called man's best friend for nothing. The natural canine instinct is to work with and protect your pack, which is why dogs make perfect service animals. Though no disrespect to the service ponies and uh, support hedgehogs out there. This instinct is exemplified in bonding behaviors like face licking, which canines first receive as puppies as a reassurance from their mother. This carries over as dogs lick their owners as a greeting, and also to check you out, considering the multitude of receptors dogs have in the nose and mouth area. Speaking of receptors, let's talk hormones. Ever heard of oxytocin, also known as the love drug? It's a little hormone with a massive role in social bonding, allowing mothers to instantly click with their babies and romantic partners to stay together, despite a plus four dropped in Uno. Well, guess what? Dogs have oxytocin too and it's produced big time when they interact with us. All that oxytocin in a pint-sized pup is part of the reason dogs practically fall over themselves in their happiness to see us. They're just biologically mandated to love, and we love them too. Another factor has ties to a condition called Williams syndrome, which occurs when people are missing a section of DNA containing 26-28 genes. The syndrome is known for causing highly sociable personalities and unbounded friendliness, Recent research has identified three genes associated with friendliness in dogs that exist in the equivalent region of Williams syndrome in humans. Variations of these genes could therefore be the reason why cold, aloof wolves somehow exist in the same species as bubbly, over-the-top goldings in labs. And might even be one of the reasons we were able to domesticate wolves in the first place. After all, early humans are probably way more enthusiastic to bond with early canines that, you know, didn't hate their guts, even if it meant putting up with some annoying sniffs to the crotch. So, next time you see an adorable dog wagging their tail and flashing those big old puppy eyes, give him some love back. For science, that is. The Howard County Health Department's Teen Health Matters program is currently working on their what Helps Me campaign, which is all about promoting healthy coping mechanisms. Did you know our pets can help us persevere through tough times? Our next segment shares insights on the valuable roles pets can play in our mental health wellness. Leah Bolka, LMSW, is the Youth Suicide Prevention Coordinator and Behavioral Health Navigator at the Howard County Health Department. She co-facilitates Howard County Sources of Strength, a peer leadership and suicide prevention program, and co-manages the TeenHealthMatters.org website. If you're anything like us over at Howard County Sources of Strength, your pets have played a huge role in supporting you during COVID-19. 
Our 2020-2021 campaign is called What Helps Me, and when we talk about what's helped us cope over the course of the school year, our four-legged friends often come up. To celebrate the connections we have with our pets, we created a collage titled Positive Friends, spotlighting them. And although we can undoubtedly feel the emotional benefits of walking our dogs, watching a movie with our cats, or creating tiny spaghetti dinners for our hamsters, there's a lot of scientific evidence demonstrating the mental health benefits of having a pet as well. The Human-Animal Bond Research Institute, or HABRI, studies the benefits of pet ownership and the effect a pet can have on a person's overall well-being. Habri has found that dogs are effective at reducing stress in children, as interacting with animals can decrease levels of cortisol, a stress-related hormone, and lower our blood pressure. Additionally, there's evidence that children who grow up with a dog in the home are less likely to experience anxiety and loneliness. Studies have also found a link between pet ownership and empathy, as our dogs and cats help us develop emotional and social attachments that could benefit our people skills later in life. The responsibility of caring for an animal could increase our self-esteem as well, and it gives us a stable routine to follow. Another interesting piece of evidence suggests that pets can increase our social networks, particularly dogs and horses, which helps reduce social isolation. That's a great reason to volunteer for a local animal rescue. The research into pets and mental health is still new, but the National Institutes of Health is studying the impact pet therapy can have on treating specific conditions like ADHD and autism. Check out NIH.gov for more research. And for more information on mental health and local resources, check out teenhealthmatters.org or follow Howard County Sources of Strength on Instagram at HokoStrength. Thank you. Reading with your pet can improve your mental health, and if you're working on a language or literary mastery, it can improve reading fluency and build confidence while reading. A pet will never judge you. Here are some recommendations from the Hoko cast team. So I currently have two cats, Snickerdoodle and Yankee Doodle. Snicker is pretty chill and outgoing, so I think she'd like to read enchanting fantasy novels, especially if it's currently popular and can be discussed with friends. She'd really go for anything entertaining, though, including nonfiction selections. I think she'd specifically enjoy reading nonfiction books that focus on the art of persuasion so she can learn new tricks to getting what she wants. Yankee, on the other hand, is more skittish. He would be the one to read favorite books over and over again as a source of comfort, where the ending is certain and he already knows he'll like it. He would not venture into thrillers, but some less chilling mysteries would be fine. In nonfiction, he would probably read a bit of biology popular science to learn about things in an easily understood but interesting manner. Keeping these ideas in mind, I would think they would both read and enjoy The Thing About Jellyfish by Allie Benjamin. The Thing About Jellyfish follows Susie Swanson, a girl who is grieving the loss of a close friend, Franny Jackson. Susie believes that the accident that caused her friend's death must have more to it than what was reported, that there must have been a more specific reason, like a rare jellyfish sting. The story dives into Susie's past with Franny, the good and the bad, and how she's now trying to seek closure since a resolution of their relationship was not able to occur. Even though this is a bit contradictory of a book for Yankee to read, with the story opening following a tragic death of the main character's close friend, since he is easily distressed, 
I think the character's arcs would quickly become comforting to him, and it would be something he would have read once entirely in a weekend and then have kept on his shelf since. When I received the book, I could not put it down, and I don't think Snicker would be able to either, as she sees not one mind persuading others here, but the mind persuading itself to have Susie believe certain things to make the grieving process easier. The story is highly moving and great for many age groups, and I also think it would be great for my cats. I've come to a point in my quarantine life where I'm struggling to find a new piece of media to keep me entertained in the prison that I call my house, and I don't think I'm the only one. To overcome this problem, I decided to start rewatching some old shows, with Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood being the last one I recently revisited. And oh boy, I do not regret it. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is the second animated adaptation of Full Metal Alchemist, a manga created by Hiromu Arakawa, with the first adaptation being an anime created at an earlier date and adapting the same name as its manga. You may be wondering why there are two adaptations, but really the main reason is that the first anime adaptation has strayed a bit from the original plotline, so Brotherhood was created to follow the manga's storyline a bit more closely. Both are incredibly good, but for the purpose of this review, I'll be going over Brotherhood. Following the stories of the 15-year-old Edward Elric and his brother, Alphonse Elric, FMA Brotherhood flips the typical shonen setup upside down on its head, with the central plotline stemming from a much darker backstory than the typical shonen protagonist. Basically, while stories like Naruto and One Piece have their main characters looking to become Hokage or Pirate King, FMA Brotherhood is a tale of two brothers searching to get their bodies back after a tragic mistake of their childhood. I know you probably did a double take there, but you probably heard me correctly. Yes, the protagonists of the story aren't your typical shonen main characters, with one brother being a soul embedded into a suit of armor and being unable to feel, sleep, or eat, and the other who lost his arm and leg in the desperate efforts to get his family back. With the synopsis alone, you can assume that this story is darker than one would think. However, the story offers a lot more than just a sad backstory. Though I don't want to give out any major spoilers, the story actually looks at some deep topics, with the main plot being a slow and deliberate discovery of government corruption, along with an analysis of the human soul and the complexities that come with the moral compass. If you're like me, this show is the perfect blend of mature plot content and elaborate character development that just makes watching anime or any piece of media worth it. With that said, please give the story of Alchemist Brothers a try. One of my cats dislikes me with a passion. Sometimes he comes up to me and asks for scritches. Sometimes I try to pet him and he bites my hand off. This is how it was for the past year, and I needed a way to mend our relationship. That's when my mom got the entire family a book for Christmas. The book is I Touched a Cat and I Liked It by Anna Blandford. The book is full of jokes, facts, and funny names for your cat breeds. The book's primary topic is how to treat your cat so they'll love you. From where they want to be pet to when to leave them alone, the book has mended my cat's and I's relationship. Well, somewhat. We still have some work to do. But my point is, it's a really good book for anyone that has a cat and wants to know how to treat them better. 
Well, I decided we're going to take a trip down memory lane as I revisit one of my favorite pet-themed book series from when I was a kid. As someone who loved and still loves horses, I was always on the lookout for good books about the subject. This led me to finding the Pony Pals series at my local used bookstore. I fell in love with the characters immediately, owning several of the books, so for our younger viewers out there who love horses, here you go. Pony Pals focus on three young girls who live near one another and all own horses, and starts when Lucinda, nicknamed Lulu, Sanders, moves to the fictional town of Wiggins and finds a neglected pony. The first book focuses on the girls meeting and bonding as they work to rescue the pony, and the three girls form a close group they call the Pony Pals as they bond. Each book focuses on their bonding as new problems arise in Wiggins and new challenges arise for the girls to face and conquer. It was always such a fun series for me and brings back the nostalgia of my childhood. Plus, who doesn't love a fun book series about cute ponies? How was that? Thank you. I have mixed feelings about that. It, was, uh, it made me think of a big dog. It was a big dog bark. It was a boof. And that's like a schnauzer. <laughs> no, no, you got it. Mine was a chihuahua. You know. Oh, yes. No. Yes. What about a... I, 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 <laughs> not all people have pet sheep, but... I have pet sheep. I could say farmers have pet sheep. Well, some. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Did you know pigs uh, scream? I had a pig over the summer. I would know. Okay. You had a pig over the summer? Yeah, I did. Wow, that's interesting. All right, it was, was it was big. oh okay well her name was umbridge because she had a marking on her side that looked like a little pink jacket <laughs> and i didn't want to get too attached so i named her after one of the book villains i hate the most umbridge yeah um, and it fit with her little pink jacket and i didn't get attached so it was perfect it was an experience i gotta tell you having a pig as a pet they are very interesting creatures and umbridge was particularly loud um i recorded oh. her scream and I have it as my alarm now. Uh, oh get my god! Yeah, so I get to wake up to the beautiful chorus of a pig scream, and they 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 scream, dude. She didn't like being. She was kept with her sister. She didn't like being separated from her sister, but we had to to train her. So she would just scream whenever she was wow. away from her sister. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the most unique pet that I've had. I guess pet is a loose term. Uh, considering she was for a 4-H project. What about you guys? Have you guys ever had, like, what's the weirdest pet you've had or, like, most unorthodox, I suppose? I haven't really had any odd pets, you know. I've had cats, dwarf hamsters, and briefly guinea pigs. Mm. Um, the dwarf hamsters, I did have one where it's not that he himself was unorthodox. He was just, like, very feisty, you know, the type where... <laughs> when you're buying them you're like oh you're looking at all these cute little dwarf hamsters and then they're like we will give him to you for free oh. if you promise not to bring him back wow <laughs> problem oh. child there yeah, yeah. Little feisty guy uh, oh dear like to bite but i was like well oh. i give it my parents were like are you sure we could just I'm like, no he's the one <laughs> As it should be. I, I can I can sort of relate uh, when picking chickens. For some reason, my chickens uh, that I have are always the ones that are just the worst. They're like the angsty teenager of the flock. Oh, yeah. Without fail, my chickens are the ones that are the angsty teenagers. I guess for me, I haven't really had any unorthodox pets if 
a little brother doesn't count as an unorthodox <laughs> parent. I am the younger sibling, so I'll just smile oh. and nod. Oh, gosh. Yeah, totally. I remember one time my sister, um, she was like, come on, Bazzy, you know, let's go to, and my mom's like, why are you talking to him like he's a dog? What is going on? <laughs> For some reason, I always talk to babies like they're dogs. I'm like, yeah. come here, come here, come on, you can do it. And it's like, what, what am I even doing? Rather than Does it work? To a dog, your dog talking to a baby. Well, yeah. I, I mean, a dog is just a fur baby. And that's what we exactly. call the dog baby paradox. I haven't have had any weird pets. Um, of course, I do have the younger siblings if those uh, fall yes. into the category. Right, yes. But I have two cats and a dog, not too abnormal, pretty normal house, but humans are far from normal, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. What about you, Abby? Um, I don't know if it's unorthodox or not, but one time uh, our school went to a field trip in the lake, so we caught a, like a baby trout and we brought him home and then the next morning my grandma told us that he stepped on the fish and she was walking the kitchen <laughs> oh no so, yeah i guess that's my weirdest pet story but oh dear that is wow. far from oh, geez. good so you, you you brought you brought home like the sam the salmon or was it trout yeah trout so you brought home a trout from the school, a little baby one, and then it, it fell on the floor and your mother stepped on it? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is oh an interesting God. story. <laughs> that was a poor fish. A poor fish indeed. Oh gosh. I, I remember, you know, I feel like a lot more is coming to light about fish and what how much care they actually need because they're so easily brushed off as like, oh it's easy to take care of the fish you know just get your kid a beta but like there's so much that goes into fish care and i know that i have been a terrible fish owner in the past so <laughs> i will fully admit to that but it was back in the day when nobody knew better you know now we know better and uh, i don't think i'm ready for a fish anytime soon but um yeah. it's interesting because you know as kids you just burn through fish like i had at least Sounds three so beta fish. i know it's so terrible but i had at least three beta fish if not more um and oh goodness these poor fish i had this goldfish that i won at the fair on a whim haven't we all i feel like everybody's had a fish that they've won at the fair and then it lived for like three days but my fish lived for five years all right my goldfish from the fair i don't know how it happened because it did not have a good tank it did not i i will be the first to admit i was a bad fish owner i was five okay? oh my god <laughs> But that thing lived five years, so I must have done something, right? Maybe. It's just a really hardy fish, you know, it came from the fair. It's been through a lot. <laughs> wow. That Fair is... enough. <laughs> oh, dear. I believe I had a fish, and I gave it the very original name of Bubbles. Um, it's great. Now that is a good name. Classic. I love good pet names, especially like fish. People just come up with wild names. I have a friend who had a fish name who's named Gucci Mane. Um, I that is one, new. I think the fish, he had a couple of fish. One was like crusty and one was like cramps and just things like that. People just, <laughs> they're just throwing Ram? out. Like that's the fish now. That's oh, 
So I want to hear what you guys' pets' names are. Anything fun and funky? <laughs> well, the chickens are the funnest names. All right, we've got five chickens, right? We've got one named Big Mama. She's the biggest of the bunch, uh, and she's at the top of the pecking order, i.e. Big Mama. Good for um, Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I think that's probably the funniest chicken name we have. Um, although I did once have a pair of chickens. They were the sisters from the same uh, egg. Like, they're from the same... Uh, mother hen right mm -hmm. and there were two of them and I named them Jesse and Jane after of course the iconic Pokemon duo Jesse and James yes <laughs> I was awesome. the only one who could tell them apart so nobody could tell me what their names were and weren't um because they're they, since they're the same breed of chicken they had like the same pattern um but I knew the difference between the combs which is the top red part that runs across like the top of the chicken heads oh, okay. so oh. I knew which one was Jesse and I knew which one was Jane and therefore their names were Jesse and Jane, and my parents could do nothing about it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, our, our, we, have a, we have a dog. He's about, he's been over a year now. His name is Marshall. You know, pretty standard name. But God, I tried so hard to get him to be named after an anime character. I was, I was <laughs> trying. It was, <laughs> it was either Zemo, a character from Marvel, or just like some character from Hunter x Hunter, just something. But of course, my parents and brother, they're like, no, we, we can't pronounce that. We can't, we don't know who that is. And I'm like, just two seconds, please. But they wouldn't hear me out. Gosh. I, sometimes I accidentally call my dog Dio, though, if I've been like <laughs> thinking about Jojo. <laughs> is that what you oh. would have named your dog if you could have had the choice? I would have no, because Dio Dio sucks. Dio's not not a great not a great person. Maybe maybe I'd name him Josie. Okay, so on the topic of names, I think one of the um funnest things, like you know, if you adopt a pet, which you absolutely should, definitely adopt pets. There's yeah. so many in shelters, right? Just a quick PSA. There's so many in shelters. They're wonderful pets looking for wonderful homes. All of our uh, animals, I think, are rescued for the most part, um, except for the chickens. Um, but all we have a, two dogs and a cat. And I think the funniest thing is to see what names like your dogs or cats or rescue animals had originally. Because when you get them, most of the time people change their names, right? So I told you earlier, I have a rat terrier chihuahua mix, right? And his name, before we change it, his name now is Ace, um, which is very cute, you know, spunky, whatever, right? Fantastic. Yeah, right. Um, but his name when we adopted him was Brody what yeah this tiny tiny little rat terrier chihuahua puppy we got we got him the youngest you could possibly get a puppy and his name was brody and you'd think okay that's great but we have another dog right his name is tucker now um and he's my dog he's bigger he's total mutt we don't know what's in him but he's pretty tall pretty big boy his name before we changed it was actually brady um, which was funny because we got these two dogs at two totally different times yeah. and to two totally different sections, not even the same adoption center. One was Brady and one was Brody. I think Brody is the funnier of the two, especially for a chihuahua. Right. But... name. What do you mean? Uh, my cats, we did not change their names when we adopted them. And, you know, originally, um, so their names are Snickerdoodle and Yankee Doodle. Yeah. Yeah. Aww yes <laughs> that's wonderful yeah that's so so, <laughs> when we got them you know originally it was you know uh, my sister and I were pretty young 
And she just immediately was like, oh my God, Snicker, you know, I need to, we need Snicker. This is the cat. Um, and so, you know, when we were like, oh, we're interested in getting Snickerdoodle, they were like, oh, well, there is one, you know, she, she has a brother and, you know, you have got to get them together. You can't separate them. We were like, totally. Right. And my mom, when they were like, oh, this is Yankee Doodle, she was like, this is, of course we're getting Yankee Doodle, because she'd had, like, the sweetest interaction with him, this and that, like, of course we're getting him. Meanwhile, like, four or five-year-old Baz here, um, (laughs) my interaction with him was he came tearing out of a room, knocked me over, and (laughs) oh my goodness, is, is such a, anxious cat he's like you know chilled out a little bit over the years but he was like <laughs> not having it always just running away that's great <laughs> yeah he, like not like little kids or something or I, he was just like there's something in my way and I don't care <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. you know because oh we're like God. walking in the hallway and I was like standing in the middle and he kind of tried to be like maybe I'll like go this way or like get through the legs or something and just target like, locked <laughs> <laughs> my dog marshall we're not really sure what he is might do a dna test at some point i have no idea we think he's like some sort of lab newfoundland something I have no idea but before we changed his name his name was wally Ooh. and yeah <laughs> kind of cute I guess but we were people be like oh Wally like the robot so we (laughs) we wanted to change his name right yeah no gosh you know I feel like you know mutts are just some of the most interesting dogs to like come across especially ones that are like really mixed because like uh, my dog we did a DNA test right and it cleared up nothing I gotta tell you (laughs) we did a DNA test and I think the top two were greyhound which is the only one that we're certain of because he has the greyhound run and he's got the greyhound build of like a really thin like you know how they have a really big um stomach and then the really thin like back leg area of like greyhounds he has that going on so we knew his greyhound but his head is very square and not narrow at all and he's got like little fluff around his neck and he's got like crooked ears he's all sorts of crazy so we looked it up like the dna test right the top result was Greyhound, which we had assumed, and a Jindo, which is a Korean dog. Um, and those were like the top two results for him. And then there was like a bajillion other things. I think he even had like, oh gosh, some small white dog in him somewhere along the line. He had like, um, a tr- like the sheep dog with the really coarse fur. You know that one that um, the shaggy sheep dog. I forget Border what it's called. Um, he did have border collie in him, but I was thinking of the ones that have like um, really matted hair most of the time and like the locks. Um, he had that in him. He had all sorts of stuff. And by the end of it, we just decided he's a Jindo, uh, he's a Greyhound Jindo and, and some other stuff. Yeah. That's great. I see that Abby has brought her dog. Yes, I, need, I need an introduction. What yes. dog? <laughs> uh, yeah, this is healthy. Oh my gosh, okay. Um, this is Toby. He's a four year old big time, but yeah, he's mm. a stereotypical white fluffy Asian dog. So Aww. he's very cute. Any other pets besides Toki? I had a rabbit for like seven years when I was little. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, and um, his name was Floppy. Because we didn't oh. want to be generic and call him Fluffy, so we called him Floppy. <laughs> <laughs> That's then, right. Uh, That's really smart. Perfect, perfect. 
thank you. And um, yeah, he hung out for us for about seven years. And then mm. when we were moving, he hung out in my cousin's backyard. Mm. And somehow he dug his way out of <laughs> the backyard and um, ran away. So, oh. Yeah, I have very sad pet stories. But oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, evidently. Oh, no. oh dear. <laughs> my pets also tend to, they, they'll have like health problems. A lot. Oh, no. I promise, like, I feel like I always need to preface that with we take good care of them. We're <laughs> not blaming you, no. <laughs> but like, you know, oftentimes, you know, oftentimes they have like happy endings, like they turn out fine. It's just right. like okay. medical mysteries, like my sticker mm. sneezes all the time. <laughs> and it's not like cute little kitten sneezes. It's like snot coming out oh. everywhere. Yeah, it is. It's weird. She just always okay. has this in her lungs and they don't know why and they don't know how to get rid of it. So <laughs> that's just how it goes. <laughs> um, and then like, yeah, I, I had a cat. Um, and, you know, of course, it's the classic like, oh, you know, cat shows up on the front porch and the parents are like, don't get attached to him. So we're like, oh. all right, we'll just call him Orange Kitty. And then we end up adopting. Him. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Much later, we're like, hey, so we we're just like, yeah, that's his name now, Orange Kitty. Um, <laughs> but he uh, at one point was upset because, you know, the vet was like, this cat was a stray for a long time and his teeth are messed up from being a stray. Ooh. So you should try to avoid giving him dry food. If you can just give him wet food, you know, maybe just a little bit of dry food. Mm. And we we're like, okay, cool, totally. So we tried giving him only wet food and he got upset with that fact. Oh. Wait, what? Dry food again. So he would start rifling through, you know, he was a pretty much an outdoor cat. He started rifling right. through our compost pile oh to try to find crunchy foods but crunchy foods in the compost pile is like eggshells oh and that's not good oh he got a virus oh. <laughs> oh my God. he went blind for like three weeks oh and we no. were like preparing for the end and everything oh. until one day when he's just like hopping up on the fence post you know doing this and that we're like what <laughs> And then he lived for like three more years. It was the wildest thing. Oh my goodness. Oh gosh. That's medical mysteries. <laughs> well, putting that aside, I do have some pets of my own. I have two kittens and a doge. Um, my doge is Rue. Her original name was Ruth. Um, fun fact for peoples, dogs, they don't recognize the rest of their name except for the first syllable. So that's why when we when we got her, we would say Rue, because Ruth technically has two syllables, but technically is one syllable. So she recognized Rue just as much as she would have recognized Ruth. Mm. And so fun fact for things. But we have Rue. She's a dog. She is, I think, a blue healer. Like a blue Ooh, healer. Those are pretty dogs. She, she's a, a blue healer mixed something, but she's very pretty. And then yeah. we have my cat, one of my cats. He is very, um, as we say, chonky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the medical diagnosis, of course. <laughs> yes, he he is a tiger kitty, um, gray tiger kitty, and he is somewhat nice, but he has days where he just doesn't feel like being nice to people. Oh, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> then we have my fuzzy kitty. 
and my fuzzy kitty is a whole nother deal. She decides to do something that we call bombing. Um, <laughs> she goes into someone's room and just gets on the carpet and just starts rubbing herself all over the carpet. And then when she's done, it's just fur everywhere. Oh. And so that's why we call it bombing, because it's just her fur goes everywhere. Oh my goodness. Pretty hilarious. Like, yep. little fur confetti that she just spreads around, spreads <laughs> the joy. Confetti! Yeah. But she's a nice yes. cat. Luna does not attack people, actually, like, at all, ever. She just accepts it. If she doesn't like something, she'll try and, like, go away. But she's pretty, <laughs> she's a pretty great kitty, kids. The My dog, whose name is Tucker, uh, it's funny because, okay, he went through, I think, seven or eight homes before he got to us and we got him at eight months old so he he'd been through a lot yeah. before he got to us he was he's he's this dog and he's got you know big muscles he's got dark fur and a very like square face we we actually got him on uh the site bully buddies we found him on the site bully buddies which is for pitbull and as far as we know he doesn't really have any pitbull in him but people were just so scared of him and he had a lot of trust issues but so he went through two names. So the first name was Brady. And then at the foster home that we ended up adopting him from, his name was Tucker, which is what we kept. And part of the reason we kept it was because he does this thing. Like when you sit down, he will tuck his head into any nook you allow him to. So Aww. if you've got like your arms down at your side, you know, beside you, he'll shove his head between your arm and your That's abdomen. So and My dog says that. My dog does the same thing. And she does that to like ask for pets. She's like, pet me, so I'm going to poke my nose at you. Yeah, he does it uh, for, like, attention and stuff. And one of the other things, we, we love his name, too, because one of the main things about his markings, he's an all-black dog except for his chest, which has a little flash of white in sort of a tuxedo sort of pattern, and the, top, the tips of his paws. So all four of his paws have this white and black speckle um, to them. So what we call his little um, marking on his chest is his tuckercito. Because his name is Tucker, and it looks like oh a tuxedo pattern. That and is, whenever he sits, he's just so handsome in his tuxedo. That is ingenious. So yeah, like Marshall actually has the same kind of marking. So he has a little tuxedo, which is apparently kind of common to Newfoundland, but we still don't know what he is. So we talked a little bit about the pets we have. Any pets that you guys would want to have? I mean, you know, thinking back to like third grade, I know I wanted a dragon as a pet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's not very good. Forget third grade. If dragons are real, I want one. Count me in. Gosh, they'd be so hard to take care of, you know? You'd be no, I'm picturing you know? sort of a how to train your dragon type style, you know, <laughs> where you have a bond with your dragon. Yes. I, I love that. Yeah, I mean, the movies are that way. Like, you know, did, you, did you, any of you guys ever read the How to Train Your Dragon book series? I did not. I'll yeah, admit. It's, it's really interesting. The dragons are like dog size, so they really are treated like dogs. Mm -hmm. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, uh, going back to your original okay. question, I... Oh, wait, oh, Abby, are you saying something? Yeah, oh, no, I just wanted to ask, like, how do they fly around? How do the dragons fly around? Like, humans yeah. in the book. Oh, no, yeah, people don't fly in the dragons. I mean, I think there are some larger dragons, but for, like, the, you know, people, I think it's, like, kids would find the dragons when they're pretty young, and so they'd be, like, dog size and then raise them to be older, but it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, the movie is way, way different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So, like, going back to your original question of, like, what pets we want to have, I have a list, all right? I've got a plan in my head. I really want birds. I really want, like, um, parakeets of some sort. Um, Ooh, yes. Really bad. I've always wanted one. And if I didn't, if I weren't going off to college soon, I would be getting a bird now. Uh, I do have chickens, but I mean, like, 
a smaller bird that can like rest on my finger and whatnot. Um, I've like looked into it. I really want one. Um, I would take care of it so well, and I'm going to have birds when I am older eventually. Probably at least probably two, I think, because they like having company. Yeah. Um, I also really want pygmy goats. Those things are adorable. Goats? Oh my goodness. Pygmy goats specifically. Goats are wonderful too, but pygmy goats, they're the tiny, small, cute ones. They are so adorable. My friend has, or um, one of my uh, old friends had uh, pygmy goats on her little like farmette thing. And they are just so cute. Oh my goodness. Um, huh. They're soft and they're like little dogs, but with more energy and less control of their bowels and bladder. Oh, can you walk them? You like to put you them could. on the They do make uh, like leads for goats and stuff. Okay. Yeah, and they're cute. They're like um, medium dog size, I would say. Like just, yeah, and they're so cute. And I want pygmy goats. Uh, and I also want horses, all right? Um, exposing myself to the horse girl out here, right? I <laughs> not deny that. A horse would be pretty great. Honestly, just because hiking. Horse hiking. Mm-hmm. Trail riding so is cool. so fun. Um, that is part of why I want horses. But I... I ride horses and I, I used to ride them. I'm now volunteering at a stable and I want to have a stable of horses because I, I like doing it recreationally just for fun. I think horses are beautiful creatures and they're a big part of my life. So I definitely want to own one when I'm older, but they're expensive. So they'll probably come afterwards. Oh, yeah. I would love to go horseback riding at some point. Never done that before. Ooh, Find me in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of birds, what about like like the African gray parrots where they're kind of just like little chaos beings that are like you know they speak and things like that like I had a friend who has an African gray parrot and um one of his parents you know so one of his parents owned the parrot and then there's the other parent and the other parent had a British accent and the bird noticed that that parent got attention, you know, and, and has a British accent. So the parrot adopted an accent. Oh, that is attention. I'm like, I, I'm obsessed with that idea. That is the most amazing thing in the world. Like it's just so one great. of the little trickster being. I'm like, that is fantastic. Yes. And it's a British trickster being. Oh yeah. It's the oh. Mr. Bean of birds. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> That's so wonderful. Yeah, I think I'll stick to smaller uh, birds because I know African gray parrots are uh, quite quite big. I'm looking for more uh, smaller ones when I do get them. But I will say uh, parrots and ones that can actually speak are so intelligent for birds. They're kind of scary how easily they can pick up and mimic, uh, you know, phrases and sentences and all of that. Cockatoos are among that same sort of uh, thing. Yeah. Cockatoos are really cool. I love the little, like, head flutes. They're like, yeah. you know? <laughs> birds are so cool but it's kind of terrifying you know like when you watch videos where you know you hear like a crying baby from nowhere and you turn around and look in the cage and like the bird is imitating a crying baby or cell phones just like anything um we had a parakeet oh yeah yeah we had a parakeet for a little bit jj (laughs) he was pretty cute he was blue and white Unfortunately, when we got him, he was, he was already pretty old and he had some health problems. Mm-hmm. We still had him for a number of years. He was super Whoa. sweet. He couldn't fly very well <laughs> because his, his old, you know, his last owner had basically kept him in the cage for most of the time. Aww. But he, uh, he did his best. <laughs> he did his best. <laughs> Just kind of glided. We love that so. for him. 
Oh yeah, he 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 was he was really trying. He's doing the most. Okay, so speaking of mythical creatures, I probably want a centaur, but technically that'd be human trafficking. Yeah, I don't know so... if that would really be a pen <laughs> at that point. Um... Yeah. <laughs> A friend, yeah. For, a friend for the you a know friend. centaur, friend yes, centaur, and then real pets. Um, I do love cats. I love dogs too. But if I'm gonna be a million percent honest, I want a tiger. <laughs> they're big and they're beautiful, and I don't know if they're nice, the nicest, but they'd be fun to cuddle with. <laughs> Maybe you can yeah, volunteer luck, like a wildlife yeah. observatory. There's an idea. Dreams. Yeah, fulfill your dreams of uh, possibly getting to work with the tiger at the very least. You know, a couple of years ago, they did, there was the Hello Hedgehogs um, event at the library where Olivia and I were the child yeah. to be like, keep, keep your hands out of the, away from the hedgehogs. Um, but then we got to hold them afterwards and things like that. Oh and I was just so like, cute. this is amazing. I'm having the best time. And my sister went to pick me up and they were like, oh, do you want to hold? You know, and the hedgehog was Tiny Tim. And she was like, yeah, of course I want to hold him. Yeah. And so I have a picture of her holding him. And I was like, this is amazing, you know. And then when I, you know, I, it was her graduation party that day. She had like just graduated the day before. Um, and my grandparents were there and I was telling my grandma about, oh, you know, there were these hedgehogs and this and that. And she was like, are you going to get a hedgehog? She's like, please tell me you are getting a hedgehog. I'm like, I don't think it's my so parents cute. are going to let me, grandma, but like, if I could. <laughs> and she's like, come on, get the hedgehog. Yes. Yeah. I she's think- a little little devil on your shoulder being like, come right. on, get the hedgehog. <laughs> Yeah, at this point, you know, once again, close to college probably would not be a good time to be like, let's yeah, do yeah, yeah. But like someday in the future, it would be great mm. to have a hedgehog. Abby, what about uh, pets that you would like? Yeah. Oh, I've always just wanted to just grab a squirrel on the road oh. and just adopt <laughs> A squirrel. That is a great choice. <laughs> I've always wanted either a squirrel or a chipmunk. It's like, Mm-hmm. Squirrels are really adorable. I remember when I was younger, I wrote this series about a kid who had a giant pet squirrel the size of a car, and the kid would just ride the squirrel everywhere. <laughs> wow. I mean, if I were a supervillain in a novel, I'd want my evil little pet on my shoulder to be a squirrel. Oh, yes. Oh my god. Talking about um holding animals early, like holding the hedgehog. One of the coolest, I guess it counts as a pet, sort of, except um, there was a person in my 4-H club, or a mom of a person in my 4-H club, who would foster kangaroos, uh, joeys. What? And there's like a program, like, and she's a licensed vet and stuff, right? So she has a bunch of qualifications, obviously don't go, I don't think you can adopt kangaroos without qualifications (laughs) and licenses and all that. There goes my plans. But she... She has a, a bunch of cup, like uh, Australian animals. She's like wallabies, I think so. Or no, she doesn't have wallabies. Was she, she has, from um, Australia? No, no, no. I, I don't know if they're from Australia, but they're Australian animals. She has like emus, I think, or ostriches uh, and all sorts of things. But she has kangaroos and she brought one for a meeting once. And I got to hold a baby kangaroo. Wow. Oh my gosh. It was the <laughs> so best day cute. of my life. And from that day on, um, kangaroos are my favorite animal. And because they're they're really cool animals, we learned a bunch of facts. Kangaroos can ch- and can choose the gender of their youth, like in their joeys, 
they can choose the gender of the youth. And not only that, and I'll, 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 I'll make it brief, they can choose which Joey they want to develop in their pouch. So they can have, I think, up to four Joeys in their pouch at one time. But if one was born yesterday and one was born today, um, the mama kangaroo could choose to age to only develop the one that was born today and then just put the other one on pause essentially and come back later whenever she wanted to develop that one with like the right that is crazy yeah it's wild and i love them wow did learn more about kangaroos then they're such a neat animal has anyone been uh dealing differently with quarantine or things like that or has it just been they're like yeah this is normal person's just at home now that's fine my cats have gotten a bit more annoyed they they (laughs) like their time of the day where they can just like sit in peace and quiet in the house and like with no disturbance just hear the ticking of the clock um but now that we're here almost all the time they hate it (laughs) and they're like I mean, like, uh, my cat will just come in my room upstairs to get away from all the craziness, and I'll come up to get something, and he'll look at me like, what are you doing up here? (laughs) Wow. Oh, jeez. On the contrary, my pets have gotten spoiled. All of our pets are just attention lovers. They love being paid attention to. They love having us home, especially the rat terrier chihuahua. I think chihuahuas are a more nervous breed to begin with, and our the rat the ace has attachment issues already so whenever we'd go to school and come back it would already be a mess and now that we're home all the time they're living the time they're having the time of their lives my dog can sleep in till whatever not have to worry about it he's here with me all the time he can get all the pets and cuddles he wants but see the problem here is though i'm headed off to college and everyone else will be heading back to school for the most part and there's going to be a bit of a transition period for when things do eventually go back to normal where our dog just and and cat although she's a bit more indifferent to it all where our dogs just have a moment where they're like wait a minute what's going on here whoa 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 what happened to paradise right so i'm waiting for the fallout of that (laughs) yeah like go off of that um you know like at least your pets have some semblance of what happened before quarantine we actually adopted marshall um when quarantine just began so all he's ever known is us at home 24 7 giving him attention and he does not want anything different so he can you know he can be left alone you know he's he's pretty good about that he just chills on the couch but he does not like it (laughs) and he lets us know that he does not like it and he wants us to always be here (laughs) Right. No. So yeah, it'll be it'll be a bit of a struggle for him to uh, figure out that we can always be home with him, yeah. and that he's not the center of the universe, even though he he kind Aww. of is. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll definitely be a transition, I think, for for the pets. I mean, my dog. I used to go to a, a sleepaway camp for a week at the beginning of summer, and my dog would already just be panicked without me being there for a week. <laughs> to the family there and that was before quarantine so now that he's had quarantine and i'm going off to college for much longer than a week i'm a little concerned for him because he is a big cuddle monster and a love bug but i think he'll be satiated with the fact that he gets the my bed entirely to himself so oh. there we go what about you abby honestly i can't really tell no um, <laughs> Yeah, for before quarantine, we weren't home that often because we we're all our family was just very busy just 
nowadays it's very chill. So free children. That's nice. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, my cats, I wouldn't say like Yankee, just no matter what, he's gonna be a bit stressed all the time. Um, you know, he I think he got used to pretty quickly. Okay, this is the new routine. Um Snicker definitely was, you know, very not that she would be like super sad when Holly would be off at college, but like when it was like, you know, she originally was like, maybe I'll try the semester on campus and then saw cases going up. It was like, never mind, I'm coming back home. And she and you know, it was like, she's you know, this is early, like <laughs> wow, she's back already. And it was like, you know, because it was only like a month. She's definitely like, yeah, this is normal, this is great. Um, but you know, it's like Holly's gone to college and come back. So it's not like that will be completely different. Of course, it will be different that I will also be gone. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think she'll probably be able to adjust pretty well. Looks like we have some pretty great pets. Um, unless anybody else has any topics to pose. Uh, I think it's time to put a pause to this conversation. <laughs> oh. Oh. You know, I crash. had to do it. Oh, I had to That's do it. Amazing. Um, but for real, guys, uh, I think it's time to wrap up this uh, conversation segment of this podcast. Thanks for listening to HokoCast. We hope this fun episode about pets has lifted your spirits a bit. And you know what? Pets can teach us quite a lot about life. So take time for some carefree play like a dog. Or take a long, cozy nap like a cat. Or run three miles on a wheel like a hedgehog. Thanks for listening to HokoCast.